With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello, villains, and welcome to Further Love of Paul McGrath podcast for an early stream, just because I forgot to change the, the time. And also, I won't be here at half past nine. So you guys can watch it back if you um, <laughs> if you so want to. But I just wanted to come on and do a quick uh, preview of the Arsenal-Aston Villa game, which is on tomorrow night. Before that, I want to just look at some of the breaking news. Uh, AVFC uh, agent Jared has mentioned here that there it has... Come out in the Telegraph that Atletico Madrid are trying to sign Douglas Luiz and preparing a £20 million bid. Villa would demand more. He is set to sign a new three-year contract but may now leave. Um, I think there's a lot in this. I think it, it says here that Atletico Madrid are trying to sign Douglas Luiz and if Douglas Luiz won't sign the contract, won't sign a new contract, or has his heart set on going to Atletico Madrid, um, well, then we need to get a replacement for him. And I've been thinking about this since we I've been trying to think about this rationally, I suppose, since uh, since it broke about 10, 15 minutes ago. And uh think of it this way, right? If we don't get a replacement for him, it won't be because it won't be because we don't want a replacement for him, if that makes sense. Because there's no way that Steven Gerrard can go into a, a season, okay, and it's his prerogative not to play Sanson or, or Nakamba. If he doesn't think they're up to up to scratch, that's I'm going to call it. That's his prerogative, right? So based on the uh, on the fact that he's not going to play those, that would only leave us with Young Tim, Ramsey, Kamara, and John McGinn, okay. And saying he doesn't sign or saying he doesn't saying we don't sign another another midfielder, that is madness. And I think that Steven Gerrard walks because I know he's. We, we can label an awful lot at him, but I think that he's, I don't think he's stupid. And I don't, from the point of view that I don't think he's stupid that he would go go the rest of the league or from now until the next transfer window with four midfielders. 
Just think about that for a minute. Four four midfielders when we play three in midfield. There's no way he does it. And I think that if he doesn't get it, he doesn't get a replacement because he doesn't get the backing from the board. And if he doesn't get the backing from the board, he walks. And if he walks after the window is closed, we're left with somebody coming in with a treadbare squad that isn't Gerard's fault. Well, yes, they will have an Akamba and Sansan, so maybe they will be able to integrate those back in the team. That is a granted, but still we only have six midfielders of which I of which were nowhere near better than the, the where we were, you know, before the before the, the window ended. So I think it's I, I, I think it's just an absolute nuclear option that number one, I don't think Douglas Louise goes unless we get massive money. And secondly, I think we get a replacement. But if he goes and we don't get a replacement in that hypothetical situation, I think Stephen Gerrard walks. I just, I just don't think there's any. There's no way in the world you can continue with only with only four midfielders. No way in the middle. No way in the absolute world whatsoever. None. And that then at that stage, yes, well, Jared's tactics have been absolutely questionable at best, awful at worst. Um, well, they have been, and we've spoken about that numerous times. And we're actually going to spoke, speak mostly about tactics in this today. So just a little piece that that, that I want to go through. And we're going to go through AVFC status piece as well. But I think that if we are to talk about his tactics, it's very, very... Uh, by the way, no AVFC agent, Jared, this isn't pre-recorded. It's not. Um, well, where's it going? Oh, my, my comments are, are going mad. Um, but I think from that point of view, that... I lost my train of thought. No. Um, oh yeah, I was saying that like it's just it, I think it's a complete new corruption. I think a lot of criticism, a ton of criticism would have to be labeled at the non-sanctioning of funds. And I can't live in a world whereby what Danny Murphy said yesterday would prove would be proven to be right. I can't live in a world where Danny Murphy is right about anything. Never mind right about things to do with Aston Villa. I can't live in that world. So I suppose what I'm getting at here is that uh, the Douglas Louise news is broken. Um, we will let that one play out and see what way it goes from a transfer point of view. Um, if we can't get somebody in, I will. If we can't get somebody in, I think that's a massive failing on the club as a whole. Probably on something to do with the manager, something to do with the board. You'd have to agree that the board would have to have some something to say about that one. And then we would be left with a manager who would be going into a season with only four players, four midfield players, considering his jettison too. That's a different story. We, we can talk about that. This isn't a, a complete and utter dissection of Stephen Gerrard's performance as team manager. This is a dissection of this one, whole, one, one situation that we're dealing with about Douglas Louise. And I think if that's the situation, I think he's left with no other choice but to walk and he walks outside the window and then we are really up shit creek. Yes, we could get somebody in who could maybe stave us off, but we, 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 we're really behind the eight ball in that situation there. So I think we're behind the eight ball as it is, but I think we're very much, I think that that is an absolutely like catastrophic situation um, of all, is that if we don't get a player in, we sell someone in and then funds aren't released or whatever like that, because I think I, I have no, I will have nothing positive to say about anything in that situation. And this isn't about... Being a sympath being sympathetic, Stephen Gerrard, do not get me wrong on that. I just think I'm looking at this as a club uh, from from the point of view of the club as a whole. That you know we'll be cutting off our nose to spite our face. That's what I'm going to say in the Luis situation. We'll see what happens. He may not be sold at all, but we will see what happens. He may be sold. He may not be sold. We may get a replacement. We may not get a replacement. 
either way, it doesn't kind of get us out of the hole. We're going to be, we have coming up with regards to the Arsenal stuff. Um, uh, from the Arsenal stuff coming up. Let's look at some of your comments there with regards to this. Um, uh, AVFC agent Jared says, likely eight outgoings and zero signings. West Ham rejected our bid for Dawson, yet they're doing deals with Birmingham and Southampton. If that's not an insult, no, an insult and a bully, I don't know what is. There, yeah, well, we'll see who comes in the door. Uh, may not be Dawson, may not be Bednarek, uh, maybe somebody else, but there, we'll see. We'll see what happens with regards to that. Um, where are we? Um, uh, what else there? Uh, and look, th these are just this is just factual. Like you, you take take Camaro out of the team and Dina, who arguably have both been two good signings who've played well for us. Yes, Dina has con contributed more assists, I think, for us. There was some statistic about him at the end of last season about we being one of the 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 fullbacks or the fullback that created the most assists in the league last season or something mad like that. Um, but Kamara has been signed outside of that. He's signed Chambers, who's played pretty well. You know, this isn't being sympathetic or making a case for him to stay, lads. I'm just calling it as I see it. Coutinho has been a, been a massive blip, absolutely. But he's been poor with the players he had, and he should be getting more with the, out of the players that he has. I think that's for, that's, that's for sure. Um, where else are we? Sorry, I'm just gonna have to see. Um, gonna have to see what else here because, uh, look, I uh, right anyway, let's get it, let's get on with the tactics talk, lads, and uh, we'll come back to comments about, about the Arsenal game in a moment. Before we do that, let's talk, let's uh, go over to some statistics in, in what we call Status Corner. <laughs> Right, so we're here in Stato's Corner again, guys. I don't know if you could hear that little jingle. I hope hope you could. I couldn't hear it anyway, but I hope you guys could hear it. So Stato's Corner today is a bit of a mixed bag. Some good statistics, some not-so-good statistics from what I remember. So let's take a little look at them and see. So Aston Villa have won four of their 13 Premier League games against Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium, with only Chelsea and Manchester City, with six each, winning more often at the ground than the Villains. It's a glimmer of hope, I suppose, isn't it? <laughs> we're uh, we're in rarefied air there, having won in the Emirates four times of our 13 Premier League games against Arsenal at the Emirates Stadium. Um, next then, each of the last 10 league games between Arsenal and Aston Villa at the Emirates Stadium have produced at least three goals. In Premier League history, only one specific fixture have produced three-plus goals on 11 consecutive occasions, and that's Man City hosting Newcastle between September the 7th and July 2020. So... 10 league games, there. so by all metrics, there should be at least three goals in this game. I'm not confident that it would be us that would be scoring the majority of those goals. But as we, uh, uh, as the statistics show, it should be a game with goals in it. I just hope some of them come uh, from our strikers as opposed to all of them coming from their strikers. Um, Arsenal have lost just one of their last eight Premier League games on Wednesdays, losing 2-0 at home to Liverpool in March. However, overall in the Premier League, the Gunners have won 48% of their midweek fixtures, from uh, of winning 93 out of 149 midweek fixtures. That's I, I think that's a serious stat. I wanted to include that because um, it's mad uh, how many midweek games uh, actually get played in the Premier League. And... Uh, 
as I say, over their last eight league games, Arsenal have lost just one of theirs. So it is a, it is a, a tough task that Villa have playing them midweek, uh, playing them tomorrow. And I don't think that we didn't think that in the first place. And lastly, uh, only against Liverpool has Ali Watkins scored more league goals uh has scored more league goals against than Arsenal. So Ali Watkins has four goals against four Premier League goals against Liverpool and he's three against Arsenal. Um history would suggest that he likes playing against this team. But uh yeah, they were in a lot more favourable climbs, I think, when we played those Arsenal teams in a team that had a lot more confidence in it than this Aston Villa team does at the moment. But um Ali Watkins has uh, gotten a couple of goals so far this season. And hopefully his streak of scoring goals does continue because we will need as many of them tomorrow, I think, as we can possibly get our hands on. But that caps off this, the segment that we like to call Stato Corner. All right, lads, let's get into this game here, this, uh, th- this game tomorrow night. So, look, obviously things aren't ideal. If they were ideal, I'd be full of energy and I wouldn't be as beaten down as I am at the moment. But we're playing against an Arsenal team that have... I'll take off status thing there for a moment. And we're playing against an Arsenal team there that are on a brilliant run of form, unbeaten at the moment, made some really good signings in Gabriel Jesus. Um, they lost El Nenny, it looks like, to, uh, to, to an injury. Um, but I don't think they're finished in the transfer market, albeit they, anyone that uh, is rumoured or does come in between now and then will not be eligible to play against us. They've... Um, they've formulated themselves quite a quite a potent midfield and and uh set up behind their striker and i think that they've uh they found a new lease of life in their full backs as well and um, their full backs seem to be doing a lot more damage for them and and obviously as i say william Saliba has come back and he's he's performed excellently uh for them at center half didn't always work out for him he was farmed out to france for a while had a couple of personal issues going on and uh, he's found his way back into the team and he's playing at a really, really high level. It must be said there beside uh, Gabriel. And they've put their, put together, uh, and, and Ben White as well. Ben White comes in, is, is a fantastic defender. Great purchase uh, for them. I really liked him at Leeds when he was on loan at Leeds. Really liked him at Brighton. Um, really good defender. And uh, somebody that, uh, that, that, you know, you have to give them kudos. They've spent money. They've spent money and they've spent money well. And uh, when we look at, and we talk about, you know, the backing that Aston Villa have been given. And I, I was only thinking about it today. Remember, there was consternation when Villa spent, what was it, 110, 120 million when they got promoted? And that was considered trying to buy safety. And in the last 24 hours, Chelsea have agreed an 80 million pound deal for, or euro deal for Wesley Fofana and a 90 million euro deal for Gavidal or whatever his name is from RB Leipzig, who isn't even going to join them this year. And no one bats an eyelid. No one bats an eyelid at that anymore. Whereas Villa were accused of, of uh, trying to buy safety. And I know it was the quantity in, uh, with regards to players that Villa brought in, but Nottingham Forest have been praised for bringing in 19 players. And look, I know the context there as well, that they needed to bring in players, but so did we. We had the likes of Glenn Whelan and all those guys that were on free transfers that we let go, and we needed to retool for the Premier League. Um, it we're, we're very much in a different world at the moment with regards to spendings. And I think if we were to kind of bring it back slightly towards the Douglas Louise part at the moment, if the money isn't there, I think the fans probably won't be happy. Um, I don't know whether it is there or not. Who knows? Who knows what the situation is? But we're looking like we're going to break even on transfers, which doesn't really mean much. Um, 
when, when you think about it, the, when you break even on transfer costs or whatever, I think there were always going to be players that we needed to get out of this. But uh, but we will... Um, oh, I forgot to tell Paddy that, that I was going early. I didn't think he was going to be on. Here comes Paddy. Um, but <laughs> but uh, there were always going to be players who were going to need to get out of the um, out of the club. Um, but yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, I'm kind of going... Why is everybody spending money and we're not? I think there must. Um, and as I say that, as my audio goes off, I think you guys should have me again. Paddy, can you hear me? I can hear you. Great, excellent stuff. I didn't think you were going to be on, and I started early. Um, because <laughs> Paddy, Paddy was was uh, was flat to the mat all day today, so I wasn't going to bother him with uh, with coming on to the podcast. But uh, I'm glad you're here because I was beginning to start to waffle. Um. Well, what happened was I, I fell asleep on the couch, but I had the alarm set for 20 past nine. There we go. It was a half nine start. And then I woke up and I looked at my phone and there was a notification to say that the podcast had started. So you confused me altogether. <laughs> yeah, I confused myself. I'm going to be really honest. I confused my, myself. Um, Paddy, let's talk as well a bit. I'm going to go full. Going to go. Actually, I won't. We go forward from the Louise thing because I think I've kind of like at the moment it's there's all different things coming out. I've got Twitter open here. It says that uh, Atletico Line sign him if it's on a free after his deal is over uh, and stuff like that. So we'll that's that's for a different day. That's for yeah. for a different day for sure. Talking about this game and um, talking about this game um, from from I suppose an Aston Villa point of view, Paddy. Uh, like once again, I'm going to be really honest. I have no idea how I feel about this game. I just I'm at the stage where boy, I really want Arsenal to not show up full of uh, fire and brimstone. Because, but like once again, it, we're, what we're going into this game is with hope more so than expectation, and and that's not a very good way to be five games into the season. No. And when you say hope rather than expectation, it's very little hope. <laughs> yeah, it's the hope we don't get hammered. Yeah, well, I, I, th- I think that is the damage limitation hope that that we could we could uh, mm. we could line up that way. Um, I, I I just don't know. I don't see how we're going to get anything out of it. They're just they've just become a really good side, which is very annoying. But look, the the only hope we can get really from this is is to look where Arteta was this time last season and look where we are now. And everybody said Arteta was inept. He didn't have enough uh, enough experience to do the job at Premier League level. And he's done it. And he's dragged them out of it. And he's got them European football. And they're playing a decent brand of football now. So um, Arsenal are a good side. I'm expecting, I'm expecting the worst and hoping for the best. Yeah, I think so. And I, and I think, look, every team can be got at. And and when I when I start thinking about what this game brings, like it just goes back to that screenshot that was so widely shared all over all over the internet at halftime in the in the West Ham game, and something I've been screaming from the rafters about that uh, we just basically stand on each other's toes, and we need to cut that out. Like we need to stop that. If that's the tactic, it's bloody bonkers, and we all agree on that. That's that's we're all in agreement, bar a select few that make the decision. If that's not the tactic and that's just where the players are ending up, well, then somebody needs to be a bit more ballsy and turn around and, and, and ask for more accountable on the field. And we've been through this. We've had this conversation a million more times. So what I want to do, Paddy, is I've, I've done a small little bit of uh, jiggery-pokery and messing with a kind of a tactic sport to see um, if I could make something stick. And, like, the biggest thing that that, that I, we all find is that, that 
and I'm trying to, I'm, what I want to do is I want to try and visualize what, what, I, what I'm, I've been trying to say for this last six months with regards to it. And this is pretty much common knowledge. I'm not reinventing the wheel with this. But I'm thinking that if Aston Villa literally just went out like this in the game against Arsenal and had a couple of moves set up that were, whereby there was players crossing in front of centre halves, dragging people around the place. And literally a broken record for this. It doesn't happen with Aston Villa Football Club. And if we attack on one side and we stay we stay solid at the other side and play our two pivots in the middle, I think that we can get uh, we can get something from any game. I think we'd be a bit more a bit more solid. So let's have a little look at what I've done. I don't know if you guys are going to be able to see this clearly or not, but look, we'll have a crack off it anyway. So here we go. So we've set up like we've set up kind of nothing like this. So so there's there's two ways that I I I, I would. Okay, how am I going to explain this? So, this is how I think he would like to set up at some stage. Um, but I think that he wants to stick with his 4-3-3. And I think if you set up something like this, I think that you're way more... Um, how am I going to put this? If he wants to keep Coutinho on the team, he's way more, we have way more protection. We have way more um, stability in the middle of midfield. And we've made way more opportunities to allow our... So if he wants to have McGinn and Ramsey to to cover our fullbacks, I think this is the formation he needs to play. Now, for obvious reasons, when you look at it, it means that we have to have pitch-perfect and brilliant Philippe Coutinho, and we need to have pitch-perfect and brilliant Dolly Watkins um, up there because they have so much work to do. So for my money, this probably... This makes us very solid in the middle of the field. It makes us very solid in defence, theoretically. But I think our strikers, I think we could go games whereby our strikers don't get anywhere near enough of the ball, and Coutinho and Watkins included. But that's the way we're going at the moment. So I'm torn. I'm torn. Now, when I look at it this way, Paddy, and 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 when I, when I look at it this way, when we look at some of the distribution lanes that we actually have at the moment, this is kind of the way that we set up at the moment. This is why I'm kind of thinking the way I'm thinking. The way we set up at the moment is very much like this. Kanza is a bit for, further forward in our back two. Kamara kind of slots in between the two of them. At times, he's the furthest man back. McGinn is always on an island, usually out there. And then the boys just clog the left-hand side of the field. Yeah. Average positions over the course of the of the season so far, this is what they are. I've put in Buendia there, substitute Buendia in for Coutinho, whoever. I just He's the fellow I just pulled into this position here. And when we look at the passing lanes that we have here, it's literally just you have to go wide or you have to go along to Watkins and hope someone gets the ball. And we know Watkins isn't exactly brilliant in the air. So it's just mindless, to be honest with you. But we can see what we have here. When Martinez has the ball, you see why he plays those diagonal balls out to the wings because they're probably the only passing lanes he has because every one of their players, every one of the opposition players clogs the middle of the field. And why wouldn't they? Because look mm. at all the space there. That means that we can't, none of our players can run anywhere. So when we've got lanes like this, and when Martinez has the ball, or when one of our fullbacks or one of our centre halves has the ball, well then of course they're going to have to go long because they can't go through the middle of the midfield, or we're going to have to go wide because we can't go through the middle of midfield. And the reason we can't go through the middle of midfield is because we're marking each other and they're marking that space, that valuable, valuable space in the middle of midfield. Is this something you're seeing, Paddy, or am I completely off the wall with this? Well, well it's like that—that's exactly what. Uh... Mikel Arteta is putting on the screen for for his guys tomorrow. That's mm. that that's our distribution channels. Um, cha- substitute um, Martinez for uh, for Mings for that diagonal ball as well, which he which he likes to play. And we've got we've got a little bit of uh, change off it, so I'm not I'm not completely going yeah. 
in on him. But uh, yeah, that that's how we play. That's that's it. We spoke last night about Ramsey going down that channel against Everton and running into his own bodies. Um, I I I don't I don't know what we're trying to do. We're still we're still searching for an identity, and we're probably two two or three players short of an identity. So I I I. You, your first slide there, I would agree with. Um, oh, this, this is these are these are kind of my workings. These are workings yeah. of my mind. There's another there's another yeah. eleven slides to come, Paddy. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's another eleven <laughs> slides to come, so don't worry about this. So this is my workings. This is what we see at the moment. This is what annoys me about Villa because how the hell are we going to going to progress the play in this instance here? We're never going to do it. We're never going to have those triangles in midfield because to have those triangles, we need to get it up to where the forest of players is up there. And we just can't. The only way we can do that is go by by going longer, giving it to Dina. And you give it to Dina, and then all the people in the middle just filter over and and crowd out the guys that are there that are already crowding each other. Makes zero sense. Makes zero sense. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. This, to me, is how I think we should set up. Substitute McGinn out for someone else if you want. Substitute whatever players you want out for this. But I think it's pivotal that we start going to the to the to the double pivot. Pivotal that we go to the double pivot inside. <laughs> I just think we absolutely have to. And when you look at it, like it, it gives you it gives you options here. I've put Bailey in the right side, I put Bundy. This isn't the team I want to start. This is how I just, just see us setting up. Actually, in fairness, it's probably a very balanced team when you look at it from that point of view. So you'd have somebody like um you'd you'd have Chambers maybe and Mings inside there in there. You'd have uh, Kamara, you'd have Louise uh anchoring down in there. I've put that little so I've got that that little triangle that you can see in front of Emmy Martinez. He's got his double pivot so that if they press up and they start pressing their, their strikers or maybe three up top, um if they start pressing them to try and get the ball, we have four options plus our two guys wide. So Emmy Martinez has an option to drag three players or drag players forward, which gives us the ball and gives us an out ball and an opportunity to break into that blue square which we have here in the middle of the field where John McGinn is probably best served to be if he's allowed basically just patrol that area around the centre circle and get forward and doesn't have to worry about doing that double job of coming back that's Luis and Camara's role for me then you've got Pace and Bailey Buendia and you've got Watkins up top I still don't oh, ouch I still don't think that our uh our, our striking woes will be fixed by this, but I think that we'd have a lot more co coherent opportunities. We'd have a lot more passing lanes inward and uh, diagonal. We'd have a lot more running lanes. We'd have a lot more opportunities to drag people out of space. Yeah. Well, I, I look at that, and if, if you... I know you can't move these now, but when we have the ball, it's just pull Kamara into that little uh, gap between Mings and Chambers, maybe five yards ahead, yeah. and, then, and then we're solid. That's 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 a solid lineup that we would use tomorrow. That we would a use little something that. like this, Paddy. A little <laughs> something like that. Probably back a small a bit further. <laughs> yeah. stagger, um, you could stagger the midfield three as well, like that as well. If you really wanted yeah. to kind of have gone to it. But for for the next for the next two games, this is what we should be looking at. These these are the two oppositions that are going to give us the much as much trouble as we can expect at Premier League top level. So. We've nothing to lose trying this. Absolutely nothing to lose and everything to gain. McGinn is struggling with for, he's, he's, he's trouble with form and I think the, the, the captaincy is weighing on him. I, I'm not saying he shouldn't be the captain. I think he's just struggling with the transition of becoming captain. Um, You know, he's, he's in my head, he's a hero. He'll always be a hero. He'll always be fondly remembered for, mm. for, for everything he's done for us. But that doesn't mean he can't be rotated. 
Um, that doesn't mean that JJ can't do that job that you've created there. Um, that doesn't mean that we don't have Watkins in that Bailey position with Ings up top. All of these exactly. things, can, all of these things can be switched up um, and switched up to, to, you know, to the extent that um, it goes and changes the game. What can't be changed is Luis for Coutinho, yeah, or Luis for JJ. You have to keep that double pivot and try and keep it for 90 minutes. That is the most important thing we do for the next two games. If we can keep that solid style and keep a little bit of the reins on Cash and Dean, if one of them is going to go, one has to stay. We can't have the two of them stuck halfway up the pitch. Every time we're hitting the break, it's because both of them are there. We can't, yes. attack. We can't attack with both of them. Absolutely. And... Paddy, it's like as if we've rehearsed this. I didn't even know you were going to be on this podcast, but it's like we've rehearsed it. So the next slide that I wanted to bring to is what happens if we are in this. So we're in this formation. You said I couldn't move them. Of course I can move them, Paddy. <laughs> you underestimate me. So what we have in this instance, I've taken it as Dinia going forward because Dinia is the guy that puts the deck chair up top and goes forward. He's attacking and he's gotten assists from it um, in his Everton career and, and, and throughout. So if we're going I'm to... I'm okay with it. it. I think, I, I think he's quite good at it. I, the problem I'm okay with it as long as yeah. we have a structure behind him. A cover, yeah. Yes. And that cover has to include cash, no matter what way you look at it. Yes. So, so go ahead. This is this is my thinking. So Dinu goes forward. And I think that this is like this is such simple stuff, guys. I'm not like there's no reinvention of the wheel here. Dinu goes forward, as we know happens. What we then need to happen is we need to get players out of his bloody way. So when he's going forward, you've got to overlap with Bailey. We don't need Bailey to hold that position. We need Bailey to drag people away from him. And we need we need something like that to happen. So in my mind here, that's why I would, I would like, yes, Bailey starting on the left. He started on the right for us. These inverted wingers, I feel, can be, could be very transitional. You get Bailey over to the side of the field he's probably more comfortable from. He's dragging a run. Takes a bit of coordination and it's very idyllic. I know it's very idyllic. But what happens to has to happen then is Buendia has to cross in front. You take out double pivots at that stage. You get you get center halves backing back further than they actually want to be here in this in this instance here. And that's important. And why we want them to back back here is because we want to open up as much area in that central part, portion at the penalty spot or just behind it, just towards the D, because that's where Villa get a lot of joy out of late runs. And that's where we've gotten a couple of goals over the time. So you want to open that up. So you start running across the, across uh, uh, pivot players or, or um, defensive midfielders, getting them turned. Center halves are like shit. They're going to be. They're going to come to me next, and they're going to back back. It's a natural reaction. You're not going to engage somebody specifically if Dean is bombing down the wing. So you need to get players crossing. You need to get that movement across the front of uh, the front of the defenders. It just has to happen with small players. You can't. You cannot do it any other way. And we don't have joints. So it just has to happen. In my book, it has to happen. Coach Neil says it has to happen. Then what needs to happen then after that is obviously Cash is going to push up and I'm okay with him pushing up in this instance because as we can see here, we still have four people at home in the main. But McGinn and Kamara then can come out here to cover off and create that second buffer zone here. And the reason McGinn moves forward is because we do need that option, that, that, that option a bit further back to recycle the play if players don't get into the box quick enough or if the defenders don't back back far enough. We need this to be able to draw them back out again so we can get runners in behind. And I think this is fair enough. We still have four people. And I know that Mings and Chambers would have pushed up and so on. I know everyone is going to be a small bit further forward. But I think in this instance here, we've got four defensive players back. 
potentially Louise could go forward a small bit. Yeah, absolutely. There's a big area of field there. But like we're a lot better, a lot more structured in this instance here. We're attacking with five or we're defending or we're attacking with six. We're defending with four. Yeah, I just had to do my maths there. Attacking with six or defending with four. It's confusing when you've got the outlines of the players that are missing. But in this instance here, and the reason that I, that you know, you, you have to draw things up like this is because when Dini gets the ball here, he's got four different out balls. It's four different options. He's the yeah. cutback to Bundia. Uh, obviously, Bundia won't be just checking his run there, but the option is there to cut back to Bundia to the penalty spot to whoever makes it to the penalty spot if the guys go back further. The cross to the back post where Watkins or Bailey might be, which is my probably my least favorite option because we don't have like we don't get to the back post. And usually, to be honest with you, the defender should be able to clear across to the back post unless it's pinpoint perfect. It's a difficult skill to get it right to the back post. But then you've got the out ball to McGinn back there as well. So what I feel as well a lot of times is our crossing is so poor because the options we have are dire because everyone is panicking to get into position. And then they're panicking to get back when we lose the ball. So I don't know. Look, it's very idyllic, but something like this could be something that could work. And the reason I think that as well, Paddy, is because, look, I, I've left our guys where I think we should be attacking. And this is the, these are the average positions where Arsenal set up over the course of, of, of last week. So I, I actually go to this go to this slide here. So if we were to set up the way that I, I, I was saying that we should set up with our double pivot, McGinn kind of uh, in around here, whoever you want inside there, substitute the players in for whoever you want in your mind, but the structure and setup is here. This is how, where Arsenal's average positioning was last week. So they, they heavily favour out here on the right-hand side. They like to try and get, get two on two in these areas here, and that's why I think it's important that we've played the double pivot. Simple as that. But I do think we can own this area of the field here because you could get a situation whereby you have to keep uh, their their centre halves honest and you have to keep their fullbacks honest by keeping pace, latent pace, and, and Bailey up there and trickery in Bundio beside Watkins, who we know is going to work all day long. And hopefully we get into positions like this where we where their defenders we completely beat the offside trap. All six of our attackers beat the offside <laughs> trap here in this instance here. Oh, we have we have our picker who wants <clears> to put in the back of the net. But look, what I'm saying here is, look, obviously that's idyllic. That's really idyllic. But the, the simple thing I'm saying here is double pivot. Double pivot. It's, just, it's like, uh, uh, why not try it? Well, he tried it last week and it worked until he took someone yeah. off and then it didn't work. Yeah. So it, it it doesn't make sense not to do it again. So we'll uh, we'll just have to and and against much better opposition tomorrow than it was last weekend. So um yeah, I think in in the words of the man himself, it'll all be on him if he doesn't. Yeah, and he did say that today. Um, he, he did say that today, but uh, like. It's just such a it's it's such a period, and myself and Paddy have argued more over flipping WhatsApp, I think, than we ever have in our entire lives since the Bournemouth game. And you know, it's all playful arguing and stuff. And sometimes I feel like I'm being a bollocks, and sometimes you know, because I feel like I'm um, like I'm just trying to kind of make sense of it all. And uh, uh, but but like it's I think everybody's the same. But I suppose the the, the thing that 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 I suppose we have to kind of keep in mind, or the thing that I'm going to try and keep in mind, I don't I don't. Look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you what way anybody should do or be a fan or whatever. That's that's fine. Everybody is a great fan. Everybody supports the club as much as anyone else. And uh, we're all a fantastic fan base. But the way that I'm going to take the next few days, specifically into the end of the transfer window, is I will be crossing my fingers. Absolutely will be crossing my fingers. And then I will be expecting more after the window is closed from whatever we have. And if we don't get more, 
than what we're getting at the moment. If we don't get what we have, or don't get more than from what we have or what the new additions would be, if there are any new additions. But then I think it'll be time to, to, to speak very openly and candidly about, about the situations that we're in. But at the end of the day, come team sheet tantrums or previews, there's always a way to win a game. There's always a way to win a game. Whether it happens or not is a completely different thing. But every single team is beatable. And there's always a way to win a game. And we will hopefully try and do this and look at ways and whereby teams can get in behind us. Get in be- well, we know how teams can get in behind us. I'll have to show up. Um, but ways we can get in behind other teams or whatever needs to be done. And look at it more so from the tactical side of things in previews because it can get very, very down. Because realistically, I don't know what way he's going to set up at the weekend. It's, it is what it is kind of a situation at the moment. Well, ideally, he sets up like he did, like like you've just demonstrated. That's re- that's what I think any logical thinking person needs to see. Either that, or a, or a three three centre halves with with uh, Kamara in front of him. That that for me is the is the only two logical things we can do for for now. We could have different players on on, on Saturday. Who knows? Um, we'll find out in the next forty eight hours anyway, and it'll all be done and dusted. But uh, you you probably wouldn't expect to see them coming straight into the to starting eleven if they were. So no. it'll be an interesting few days. But I think what we have at the moment is what we have to work with, and keep our best players. Don't be pissing them off. Don't be having anybody <laughs> giving yeah. out on Instagram. <laughs> I have to say, I have to say, I did. I like. I don't like to get angry, as a lot of people said, as I've said before. But I did get angry today listening to the press conference when he said that. Um, what was the exact words that he said, Paddy? Something to do about that he backs the players and he's full confidence in the players. And I'm going, but literally less than 36 hours ago, you said your exact words were, I'm going to roll up my sleeves. Or sorry, we need to roll up our sleeves. I know I'm ready for the challenge. I hope the players are ready for the challenge. That isn't backing your players. That isn't doing it. And I was going like, come on, man. At least be consistent in what you say, because that doesn't get you any fans anywhere. Um, So that's the thing that's really annoying me as well as the tactics at the moment. I'm not sure about the whole annoying players or whatever. I think he's got some players graded where they should be graded. I think Nakamba is our sixth-choice midfielder, and I think Sanson is arguably our fifth-choice midfielder, and I think that's probably fair on where they actually sit in the pecking order. Now, whether they should be getting more minutes than they are is a completely different conversation. But, you know, it is it is what it is, and I think it's the manager's prerogative to be able to, Like, when you're a fifth and sixth midfielders anyway, you know, you shouldn't be expecting... Look, we won't get into it because I know a lot of people are going to say... The Sansan should be starting, and if you think that that's that's absolutely fine, but and maybe he should be getting a couple of minutes here and there to prove himself. But he's come he's come back from injury and he's had he's 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 not really done an awful lot. But look anyway, that's for a completely different podcast, completely different podcast. Um, Paddy, anything else to cover before we finish up here today? Because I I, I don't want to ramble on for much more longer. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> the, I don't think we, so either. We had the we had the um. The academy playing the Papa John's Trophy tonight. They were narrowly beaten two yes. one. Um, shout out to um, Kieran and Ben O'Callaghan who were listening to us on the way back to the yeah, tube. There, yeah, I, I presume they're hanging around to go to Arsenal tomorrow. So uh, safe travels along through London there and enjoy your night, guys. Yeah. Just a little thing, actually. I knew there was something I wanted to mention there. And David David Tomeski said, "Did anyone see the leak tactics board from Jared that came out today? It was laughable." JJ Dominic. So it turns out that that seems that it was a prop, 
uh, that seems that it was it was uh, because people said that they were rolling in and out doing the tour throughout the course of the week in the same tactics were up on the board. Maybe it's something that they wrote up on the board to make it look like it was something there. I don't know. Maybe it might come out that it, it might come out that it was there since the Everton game or whatever. But uh, yeah, I would. That would be absolutely amazing, and I, I can stretch to an awful lot of things. But when a lot of people are saying that that is that, that those tactics have been up there all week, um, when they've gone through the tour, um, I'm not quite sure it's the big smoking gun that a lot of people are looking at. But it could be 100 percent wrong. Jesus, I don't know. I, I don't know. But uh, well, I I used to work in a stadium, and I have seen uh, fake tactics left up for uh, stadium tours in a couple of days before. Uh, games, so don't read into it too much. But I just, I just think it's silly. I, I think take that stuff away. Uh, nobody needs to see. You know, they can see a, a one of those whiteboards with the magnets on it in the corner and not know what the hell is going on. That's enough. But to be to be leaving actually somebody's writing on the on the board is a bit strange for me. But that's just the uh, the coach of me that would be a little bit apprehensive about leaving anything there. Mm. So, exactly. and also, also, it was telling Philip Coutinho to get into pockets, and generally he ends up in a defender's pocket. So, exactly. <laughs> I'm hoping that's not the pockets they're telling him to get into. I, I think that's, I, I think a lot of that is like if a, if a kid's doing the tour and they come in and they see them being referred to as JJ or you're there with your dad and your dad says, Yeah, PC, that's Philippe Coutinho. That's what Gerard told him, like, wow, that's brilliant, you know, and it brings a sense of wonder. Look, it could be the tactics from the Everton game. Who bloody hell knows? But it's mm. very, I would say it's very unlikely considering that there would have been a multitude of people who would have walked into that dressing room prior to any stadium tour and they would have taken that down. Um, you'd have to imagine. You would think so. You'd have to imagine. Yeah, you'd yeah. have to imagine. Um, right, lads, listen, we're going to let you go, let it go on that. We will be back with a team sheet tantrum tomorrow. 6.20? 6.20. We'll be back with a team sheet tantrum tomorrow. And uh, before, yeah, listen. before we do go, I'd like to give yes. a special shout out tonight to Mr. Dean Smith, who came from a goal down to defeat the Blues 2 1, courtesy of goal of Blues. Andrew Ababama Dele even scored tonight. So, a 93rd minute goal. And the, the, the last, uh, the final whistle hasn't gone, but it's 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 2 1 Norwich. So, put a little smile on someone's face tonight. And Andrew Ababama Dele, if you guys think I was bad about, about Nathan Collins. We're not going to be signing Nathan Collins this year, next year, or the year after. So be ready for the Andrew Obama Daily uh, <laughs> absolute propaganda that's going to be coming from me because you know how much I think the the, the up and coming Irish centre halves um, have uh, have something going for them for sure. And Obama Daily just he's like a gazelle out there. He just makes it look so easy. And if he's scoring goals, all the better. Uh, and it'll be absolutely galling when we see him go to a team that we could easily outspend uh, in two or three years time but um hey that's enough negativity for tonight anyway lads <laughs> thanks so much everybody for watching really appreciate it and um, one thing i do want to say before you go guys is in case some of you haven't seen we do have uh there is 20 percent off for for aston villa kits with our link uh you'll see it on twitter we have the link on twitter it'll also be in the in the in the notes here for the for uh this podcast with 20 percent off any home and away shirts for aston villa on kit bag um, who are uh, f a fanatics affiliate as well? Listen, if you want to purchase one, as I say, it would do us an off. It would do us a solid. It would help us with the podcast. With the podcast, and plus you get twenty quid, twenty percent off, which isn't so bad. Um, specifically since the the uh, yeah, since the team are playing as well as they should be on on the field. But if you are so inclined, 
please help us out with that. That would be absolutely fantastic. I just realized that the kit bag link isn't up there. I've only the fanatics link, but uh, you'll be able to find the kit bag link on our um on our uh Twitter page, and I will add the kit bag link instead of the the fanatics link to the kit to the notes of this podcast afterwards. If you do wish to purchase a, a kit as well, so thanks very much, everybody, for watching. Really appreciate it. Hopefully, that twenty percent off is something that you guys uh, will make use of if you do so wish. Um, if you were thinking about buying a, a kit, if not, it's all cool too. But we'll see you again tomorrow for the team sheet tantrum. Have a great night. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And all that's left to say is up the up villa. The Podcast Network.